3, Psalms chapter 13, and verse number 3. And again, we want to uh, follow the Holy Ghost here today. Amen. Uh, and let's remember to invite folks, if you have any opportunity to uh, bring someone, to call someone, a backslider, uh, then uh, however you can get them to come to church, you know, take them out to eat, I don't know, give them a present, uh, whatever you got to do, get them to come to church. Uh, we need to have some folks uh, visit church. And so the book of Psalms chapter 13 and verse number three, and I've got several scriptures on my mind. Let's go ahead and start there, Psalms 13. And three, and it says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Consider and hear me, O God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 25, and verse number one. Did I say 21, Master? Matthew chapter 25 and verse number 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. And they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. And while the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. While they tarried, they all slumbered and slept. I'm going to read another one here. We don't normally use three passages, but these are all short so far. One verse we read from Psalms 13. So let's turn again to the next book, Mark chapter number 13. And so we read from Psalms 13 and 3. And then we just read four verses, five verses from uh, Matthew 25. Let's look at Mark chapter 13, and uh, hopefully you can begin to see what the commonality, what the, what the theme is here. The Lord said, but of that day and that hour, this is verse 32 of the gospel of Mark chapter 13, no man knoweth, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take ye heed, watch, and pray, for you know not when the time is. And uh, it says, for the Son of Man is as a man taken a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, to every man his work, and commanded the porter to watch. Now the word watch means stay awake. Velar in Espanol, to, to, to look. Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh at even or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning, lest cutting coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. It's dangerous to be asleep at the wrong time. It's dangerous to be asleep when you're in a journey that is requiring you to be conscious and make decisions. We have to have our natural sleep. And it is our tendency to, 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 to descuidar, como decimos en español. It's, it's our tendency to sometimes not take care of our spiritual life. But the Lord does not want us to go to sleep in these last hours. Amen. There is a sleep that is fatal. David called it the sleep of death. The sleep of death. And uh, I'm going to title my message tonight, Asleep at the Wheel. Asleep at the Wheel. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we ask you to help us. God, I ask you to help me. Lord, help us to hear your precious word. God, we need your anointing. We need your help. Jesus, we ask you to wake us up. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated. We are living in the last days. One of the signs of the last days is that a spirit of Antichrist will come on the world. And the Lord would send a spirit of deception. A spirit of slumber can get a hold of people. And in a spirit of slumber, people do not know what's going on around them. It's dangerous to be asleep at an important time because you are unaware of approaching danger. 
the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, let us therefore not sleep as do others. Remember, I'm not preaching about natural sleep. We know that we have to rest our bodies. But he said, uh, as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that are drunken, be drunken in the night. It is at that point that we are most fragile uh, when we are asleep. And, uh, and we require that in our natural bodies. But in the spiritual realm, we are living in, in a dangerous time. We are living in a time of great, again, deception. And people uh, can lose their lives at any point, at any time during this life. Amen. There is a child's prayer that uh, we could have used in opening up this uh, message. But the prayer says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And that sounds like a nice prayer. And for the Christian child, it is a promise if they are baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost or if they are under the age of accountability and our children need to begin to seek the Lord at a young age. I thank the Lord for these that already have the Holy Ghost and you are six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. That's a good time. You ought to start receiving the Holy Ghost during that period of time. Amen. Because we need to make sure that we are ready. But even the child is known by his doings, his work, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. There's no excuse for being asleep as we are trying to live for God. There's no excuse for not trying to be aware of what God is doing in the world. There's no excuse for not having a sword ready and a shield and a helmet of salvation. Yes, we have different ages in the church. We have the, the new converts that are just learning and they are becoming aware of the things of God, just like children, just like natural children. But after we have been in the church a while, every one of us need to know how to pray, how to be aware, what's going on in the church. Are we having revival? Are we having a move of God? Is someone hurting? Where are we at as a church? It is not the will of God for the church to be asleep. It's not the will of God for only a, a handful of people to be doing the fasting and the praying. It's not the will of God for just a few people to show up uh, and do visitation. It's not the will of God for only a few people to be willing to teach home Bible studies. What does that say? It says that some folks are not, that they're not awake, that they're not really aware of the time in which we are living. We're living in the end time, folks, and God wants to wake us up. We are living in the last days and a spirit of slumber is trying to come on the church. There is a spirit of slumber that is in this world. The Antichrist is a spirit of deception is in this world. I'm kind of starting slogans again. I'm trying to uh, to be in, to follow the spirit here today. Amen. This is a part of, of what's going on all around us. Uh, the world in general is, is becoming more asleep. They are, they are drugged. They are unaware. They are, uh, many of them, they have, uh, they have entertainment. They have uh, their addictions and their vices. And even though people are calling to them, even though the Bible and their conscience and creation are calling to them, they, they are not waking up. They, they're in a, in, in a state of sleep. The Bible said there is such a thing as a deep sleep from the Lord that can come. And that's the age that we are living in but as the church we must be aware I could go in a couple directions here. I don't think I have time to preach about the, the two directions that we could talk about and one of them is the fear of the Lord. And uh, we, are, we are lacking in this generation. And I'm not saying the church as much, uh, but we are lacking the fear of God. But the, the truth is uh, that you and I are just a step between us and death. And the truth is that you and I can be just a few months, if not days, from the great tribulation where one-third of the cities will be, will, be, will be destroyed and one-third of the water in the world will be destroyed. It'll be a time when at least one-half of the world, some say, 
two-thirds of the population of the world are going to die. And when Jesus comes back again, it's going to be a civilization that is fallen apart. We are living in that time, folks, and we need to make sure that we are ready for the coming of the Lord. Let me be... You say, Brother Wilson, all that doesn't really concern me. I understand. I'm not talking about just the political uh, situation, but where is your soul? Let's be practical today. Are you asleep? Are you on the verge of self-deception? We've been preaching about the Holy Ghost. It's so important that you have the Holy Ghost. But let me tell you, if you are speaking in tongues and you still have lust in your heart, you are asleep spiritually. If you're speaking tongues, but you don't have a right attitude if you've got rebellion if you are not willing to cooperate with the church there is a spirit of slumber I would venture to say there are those here that the reason why you're dragging is because you're asleep and you don't even understand it you're supposed to be driving to heaven you're supposed to be on the road to eternal life and you don't even know that you're asleep while you're driving Asleep, 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 asleep. Amen. You can be seated. The rich man died and lifted up his head, lifted up his, opened his eyes in hell. And he was amazed. He was surprised. Evidently, he didn't realize where he was. Amen. We need to shake ourselves. We need to shake ourselves. We need to shake ourselves. Amen. When we are asleep, uh, there's a lot of things that we can say. When we are asleep, it's, it's, it's a time when, uh, have you ever struggled trying to wake up? Have you ever struggled, say you're taking a nap and you're, you're in that area between consciousness and, and part of you says, I got to get up. I got to do some things. And you know, that, that it's okay as, as long as you don't miss your appointment. It's okay as long as you're able to awake. But when you are drugged, when you have another element, perhaps some of you have had sicknesses where your blood sugar has gone down so much or maybe your oxygen level has gone down and you were about to faint and something inside of you says this is serious I can't seem to get my I can't seem to think straight I can't seem to wake up I'm not going to be able to live like this and somebody has to call the doctor somebody's got to call for prayer I wonder today if there's somebody that you're trying to wake up and God is talking to you and God is saying you need to commit yourselves. Hey, can I preach even to the young people today? Come on. It's easy for young people to ride the bench. I've been nice. I'm a nice guy, but we need to, as young people, commit ourselves. If you're not praying on your own, if you're not living for God on your own, it's not about doing this because of mom and dad. We're doing this because we're trying to go to heaven. We're doing the best and the most right thing that we know to do, and you got to live for God on your own. I know you hear it. Oh, this, is, this can be a hard job, but I'm thankful you can be seated because sometimes, brother, we are preaching and we care more about people's souls than they care about their own soul. And sometimes we're trying to get folks to, to wake up and they know they should be awake, but they're just willing. You know why? Because it feels good. When you're asleep, you don't have to work. When you're asleep, you don't have to go do anything. When you're asleep, you don't have any responsibilities. When you're asleep, you can get to where you just love sleep. The Bible said they love to slumber. Hallelujah. I hope I'm not preaching about you, but it's not my job to save you. And it's not pastor's job to take you to heaven. Well, I got to clarify what I'm saying. Yes. It's the work of the ministry, to the perfecting of the saints, the work of the ministry, the edifying of the body of Christ. But it's not our job to carry you personally. you got to have some want to. you got to have some desire. When, when the preacher preaches and the Holy Ghost begins to move, you got to be willing to stir yourself up. How many times? And God is merciful and God is kind. But how many times do we have to hear it preached that we ought to pray, that we ought to read our Bible, that we ought to have an obedient heart? Hallelujah. But we are willing willing to sleep and sleep. How, I wonder if somebody is in danger today. I wonder if somebody's about to, to, to have a wreck. I wonder if temptation is in your way. I wonder if in your life God is trying to wake you up again because you're not aware of the place that you are in. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
One of my close relatives was not living for God, raised, uh, raised mostly in church, and, uh, but not, not serious, just kind of playing with God and uh, being ungodly. And as a teenager, a uh, young teenager got married, and uh, it just wasn't a good situation. And then it went on and on, and uh, his life was a mess. He, he, he did want to serve God, and that's good, but uh, he was just playing with the world. And in that state, in his mid-20s about, in his mid-20s, maybe getting toward his late 20s, he'd struggled in his life, struggled, and uh, he was driving one early one morning, and I believe it was still, it was maybe around daylight, and, and he, was, he was driving, and he was sleeping. He was driving on Highway 99. I believe, in my mind anyway, uh, as I recall the story being related to me, he was driving south on Highway 99 in between Modesto and Fresno. And he was, he was driving. And he, was, he, he was sleeping. And all of a sudden, he saw way in the distance, he saw some lights. Police cars stopped and, and a little crowd. And, and uh, he pulled over and he saw that there was a car that had rolled over. And, uh, and it was either laying on, on top or on its side. A little crowd of people. And he made his way up to uh, that crowd. And uh, being military, he had trained in the military. Uh, he had some experience. And he began to push his way up to the crowd. And to the beginning, to, to where they were looking. To the man that was laying there. Because there was a man laying on the ground next to the car. And as he pushed his way up. And they were just going to put the, the, the sheet over the man's face. He thought he saw the man and it was his own face. He realized that, that this, and then he woke up and he was driving the car. He realized that God was telling him, you're asleep. You're about to die. I could have taken your life tonight. You're asleep while you're saying that you're a Christian. He got a hold of his life. He'd done a lot of things. He'd messed up a lot of things in his life, in and out, up and down. You could never get him to really live for God with all of his heart. But that morning, it was different. He began to pray and speak in tongues. As he drove the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the trip, he arrived and, and at Fresno. He went straight to the church, if I remember correctly. It was in the early hours. He waited for hours until the pastor arrived. He didn't even go to that church anymore. There was another church that he was going to uh, off and on. But this time, he waited and he talked and he told that pastor, I, I want to change. I don't ever want to be the way that I was. I, I want to be another person and I'm telling you from the depths of my heart please forgive me and pray for me I want to do right let me tell you that for many many years he did right he fasted and he prayed and uh, and he did right and God used him for many 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 years today uh, I could tell you more he's struggling uh, I'm just going to say he's trying to live for God but at some point he began to go asleep hey let me tell you you can be delivered out of the world and God can begin to bless you and all of a sudden you've got an income and you've got a car and you've got a home and things are going better but you can begin to be comfortable you can begin to uh to uh to not pray like you used to giving in to temptation giving in here and giving in there still going to church yes it's possible even to still be preaching the gospel and your heart a person's heart not be right but god forbid that we would be going through the emotions God forbid that we would be up here playing and singing and our hearts not be right with God asleep asleep at the wheel hallelujah David said lighten mine eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death let's pray let's really pray together let's close our eyes and pray oh we love you Jesus we love you Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't know how difficult it is for a minister to try to shake the people awake. There's the risk of running people off and people becoming offended. 
And there's a risk of people not even being spiritual enough to understand. My pastor, as I took my first church in the States, told me, I said, Pastor, this church, half of the church has television. And many of the people don't come. We only have about a 60 or 70% rate at the best of attendance of those that are supposed to be in the church. I said, Pastor, they don't pray like they, uh, like they should. Our services are dead. And I know God has called me here. He said, Brother Wilson, you cannot even preach to them about some things until they begin to pray. He said, Brother Wilson, they're not even awake. you got to preach about prayer. It's only when God begins to stir them are they going to respond and hear messages about holiness, about dedication. I want to say thank God that day did come. But you know what? It's difficult to preach to people that are asleep and going through the motions. Hey, it doesn't matter how long you've been in church. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody here today. But there's God. We're back again. There's God to be a revival there's got to be more than just going through the motions again I want to preach to the older folks for a moment you're not doing anybody a favor when you're agreeing with the sins of your children and your grandchildren when they get an attitude against the ministry if they've got an attitude against the pastor if they've got an attitude even against the previous pastor it's not your job it's not your job it's not your job to say oh that's okay. Yeah, maybe they were wrong. Hey, that kind of attitude undermines the church. That kind of attitude is not the will of God. Hey, what about rising up and standing for the ministry? What about rising up and standing for what is right and what is wrong? People will get offended. You can be seated. When you preach to them that they, that they need to wake up. People, they love, I, I know I had to do this to my grandkids. I had to do it to my kids. We had play, things to do and places to go. It wasn't easy for them to get in the habit of getting up when they were supposed to and getting ready to go to school. And then we give them a nap and they want to keep sleeping. No, the human nature doesn't want to get up. It just wants to sleep. And the Bible said, how long wilt thou sleep? When wilt thou arise? out of thy sleep. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding hands of sleep. So shall they want come as an armed man. He said, it's going to come. You're going you're gonna to need something. You're going to be responsible for something. But if you sleep, there's, there's things that are not getting done. If you sleep, there are people that are being lost. If you sleep, somebody is not getting cared for. If you sleep, you're not praying. If you sleep, you're not walking. You're not doing anything for God if you're asleep. Hallelujah. Armies, it's been a tactic for many, many decades that armies always try to attack when the enemy is asleep. They tell me that in basic training, in, in different uh, groups, areas of basic training, that they will make the soldiers stay awake for, for days at a time. They will get them up at all different times. And they'll do this for weeks on end. They are training the soldiers to learn how to stay awake. They want their soldiers to be able to stay awake, to keep their weapons ready for more than days at a time. Because the enemy wants to infiltrate. He's watching that guard. He's watching that little platoon. He's watching that, uh, that outpost and they are looking through binoculars and they're watching those guards and they're wanting to catch them off. If they can get in there, they've actually been back in Vietnam War. There was times they would knock off soldiers and, and, and watchmen and actually make their way into the bases. One of my uncles said there was a time they, they had an attack and they killed several uh, soldiers on the perimeter and they were able to make it into the cafeteria. They were shooting guns. They were firing mortars. He said they made it past. It was at night. I'm going to tell you that the commanders were so upset. Everyone was so upset. How could we fall asleep? How could we let these guys, we know they are there. We know they're our enemy, but too many guys were being lax. Hey, I'm going to tell you, there are things that happen in the church that should not happen. There's problems that happen in the church that should not happen sometimes because too many people are asleep. Too many parents aren't watching what's going on in their home. Amen. Too many people are covering up or they don't even want to hear it anymore. 
They don't want to hear. They don't want to hear about problems. And I'm not trying to stir up problems here today. I'm trying to illustrate. I'm working today. I'm working today. Living for God is not about covering up sin. Living for God is not about going into some trance and saying, everything is okay. If you're okay, then I'm okay. No, no, no. We are in this to go to heaven. We're in this to live like Christians. It was a man, evidently, who was asleep on the Titanic. They Evidently, they radioed from the Carpathia, another ocean liner, who was close enough to ring them up on the radio phone, but evidently the helmsman was asleep, asleep at the wheel. And the warning the Carpathia had was that there are large icebergs in this area. They shouldn't be this far south, but there are large icebergs here. But somebody was asleep. And the Titanic hit one of those icebergs. It rubbed along its side. It ruptured the steel. And 1,500 people died because someone was asleep at the wheel. I remember in the 90s, the late 90s, I believe that it was, or early 2000s, there were two cases within one year of subway trains that ran. They, 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 the, the conductors actually went to sleep. This was their job. This was what they were being paid for. I think one of them had a pair of earbuds in, in, in his ear. Another guy, I, he just fell asleep. Uh, I, I don't know if he had uh, uh, drugs in his system, but each one of them, one, they, they crashed at 80 miles an hour into, a, into another train or into some kind of barrier and kill four people. Another one was 100 miles an hour and it killed four or five people asleep at the wheel, being paid to drive and falling asleep, falling asleep. <coughs> there was just a couple of, uh, well, I, I was going to say this happens all the time. The news had a couple of articles just even today about some wrecks and evidently sleep might have been part of it. Uh, truckers that were just kind of falling asleep, plowed into a crowd that was already, it was a group already taking care of an accident and killed another 15 people and injured another 20 because people were asleep. The Bible said that David, he said, uh, uh, that David said, lighten my sleep, light my eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. David understood because David had seen, David had been around people that went to sleep. And died for it. Isbosheth, the son of Saul. The Bible said he was king over the remnant of the northern tribes of Israel. Those of you that know your Bibles and the scripture says that he fell while he was asleep. Two of his servants slayed him. Twice God allowed a spirit of slumber to come on the armies of Israel. And David was able to infiltrate and even walk up himself in Abishai and stand right next to Saul the king. Because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen upon him. A warrior from God, a warrior that had been deceived and was he was he was running astray from the Lord because a spirit of deception had got a hold of him. Uh, hallelujah. Uh, we've got to wake up spiritually when God says for us to wake up. It's time for us to wake up. Jesus spoke of the dead. We mentioned it this morning. He said, let the dead bury their dead. Another place he said, she is not dead, but sleepeth. He said, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. Amen. The book of Second, uh, the book of uh, the book of First uh, uh, Corinthians talks about or the book of Romans, uh, chapter number eight and uh, thirteen. I'm sorry, and we will turn to Romans chapter number thirteen and verse number eleven. Romans thirteen and eleven. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. It is high time for us to awake out of sleep. I want musicians to come. I'm trying to follow the spirit. And, uh, and, and I, want, I want to get to where the Lord wants us to go here today. Asleep at the wheel. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
God, we love you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you, Savior. Hallelujah. 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 Samson, Samson fell asleep in the lap of Delilah. So deeply was he asleep that she cut his hair. His very connection, his vow as a, as a Nazarite from his birth, she deceived him, she weakened him because he fell asleep. And when he awoke, he didn't have the strength that he used to have. So many things in this life can cause us to be spiritually out of it, not feeling the danger that is around us. When we can't feel convicted, when there's a lack of the fear of God, then we are in danger of falling asleep. The world, another thing that can cause us to fall asleep is, of course, uh, medications. Uh, we don't drink, but uh, drunkenness. And uh, people use these things as a way to escape. They, wanna, they don't want to feel the harshness of life. They don't want to feel the responsibilities of life. And so alcohol, drugs, and now even prescription drugs. It's a terrible thing what is happening in the world, but they're trying to escape. And, and they're, they're inebriated. They're not acting right. You can't reason with them. Terrible things are happening. The things that people do when they have nightmares and they walk in their sleep. The things that people do when they're not in their right mind. It's amazing that when you're asleep, the dream can seem so real. But when you wake up, you realize that wasn't real at all. That was crazy. There was nothing logical. There was nothing that really made sense about that dream. And I'm not preaching about this, but don't put much credibility in your dreams. We're not people that live on the message from dreams. We live from what the word of God says. Just because you have a dream doesn't mean you're a prophet. And having a spiritual dream doesn't make you any better than anybody else. I'm sorry. But dreams seem so real when you're dreaming them. And when you're living in a dream, you feel like you're the center of everything, but that's not really the way it is. When you're living in a dream, everything can seem to be okay, even though you're neglecting everything. When people are drunk and people are taking drugs, that's why their homes are falling apart. That's why their bodies are falling apart. That's why the relationships are falling apart. They're running through red lights and they are, they are stealing and they're doing so many things. They're living in another state of mind, lawless and disobedient. They're in a spiritual dream as if the world doesn't have any consequences, as if there's no law, as if there's no children watching us, as if there's no responsibilities to fulfill. But some people don't want to wake up. They don't want all of that. But you know what? It's a, it's a, it's a good life. I, this seems simplistic. But when you're willing to wake up and face life with God and say, God, hey, uh, I want to do whatever you want me to do. Let me say, God, God does not condone pornography. God does not condone flirting with other women. You're married. And young people, I'm just going to say this. I'm the evangelist. So hopefully, uh, and I, God, to me, God does not condone kissing and hugging and all that stuff. People you're not married with. So many of these churches, as if we're all not flesh. and they're Oh, they're liberated. And when they see their friends, they hug them close, front to front. Oh, she's my friend. He's my friend. You're any different flesh. Oh, but we're liberated. You guys are, you know, you're, uh, you're, uh, uh, you know, you're old fashioned. I don't like it because it's part of the deception. The same kids are the ones that fall into fornication. They fall into fornication. Oh, I've seen it happen. I, uh, uh, I'm talking about being asleep. Your flesh can be your worst enemy. Our three enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. And the devil is not omnipresent. And we do wrestle against flesh and blood, or against, or against principalities and powers. 
the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. But our greatest enemy is not the cultural, uh, the cultural battle we have in the world. And our greatest enemy is not really the spiritual uh, opposition organization that's against us. But our greatest enemy is this person right here. And if you always give this person whatever it wants, if you let this person get by without praying, if you let this person get by with a bad attitude, if you let this person get by always being angry, if you let this person get by in this tongue, say whatever it wants to say, then friend, you're falling asleep spiritually. Because we're a part of the church where God is continually saying, don't do that. If you, if you sin, if you give into the flesh, you will die lost. Now, I'm preaching right now, but I know that there's got to be some folks here that need to wake up, and God is talking to you. But even while I'm preaching, it's just like in the natural, even while I'm preaching, that there are people that are still asleep. And even though you're not saying it, you're not checking in. You see, there's such a thing as spiritual engagement. And that is when you're preaching, if you are hitting something, if you are really touching and they're responding, you can feel it. But if the people say, I'm not listening, you can feel it's being wasted. It's, it's, it's like punching and you're not hitting anything. And so while I'm preaching here today, there are some folks that you're not even listening to me. And it's not that, it's not that you don't like me. It's not that I don't like you. It's just that you're used to kind of doing your own thing. So Brother Wilson, what am I supposed to do? Number one, get your heart right. Wake up. Friend, there is a heaven and a hell. Anyone here, young people, we can die today. I'll tell you one thing that helped me. I, I didn't choose it, but my, I don't have any, any brothers. I have a cousin that was almost the same age as me. And we grew up, uh, my, my dad's brother's son. And uh, we grew up playing and a lot of vacations together and so on. He got leukemia. I got in church when I was 15. He got leukemia when he was 16. He died when he was 17. I took him to church. And uh, his parents would never, they didn't want to tell him what was happening to him. But he, he figured it out. The last thing he said when he, he was dying, he sat up on his bed and he said, I, I just don't know what I'm going to do. He took his last breath. That's what they told me. And he died. 17 years old. I, I don't know what it's like to live in a, in a home where, where there's a mom and a dad and, and, uh, and thank God that you do. But I don't know what it's like to have the security of, uh, of things going well. I, I don't know what it's like to have a childhood without people dying, without people. And let me tell you what it does. It puts some fear into you. But yet even I that, and, and some of us that have had much harder upbringings than myself, you know that we can all get to the place well, we're playing around again. We're messing around and we're not praying like we should. We're not living for God like we should. The spirit of slumber can get a hold of us. The spirit of slumber can get a hold of us. Young people, we need the fear of God. Saints of God, we need the fear of God. I'm just kind of working on this. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best here tonight. I'll tell you, one of the hardest things to do in the United States is preach about death. When I've, I've preached for 40 years now, one of the hardest things is tell the people in the United States that there could be a nuclear war and wipe us almost off the map. At least a great portion of us would die. Even when I say it, nobody wants to hear it. But it's a fact. There are really submarines that are 550 feet long that carry missiles that can go across the ocean. And they're ready all the time. Ask those sailors if it's real. And each missile can, can, can hit up to 12 targets and blow up. Each one of them have more, no, more power than five times than those that were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. 400 nuclear weapons up in the Midwest, a little more north of here. And uh, many of them have multiple warheads. Nuclear weapons that are stockpiled in our bombers and nuclear weapons that are stored for artillery. Nuclear weapons, and Russia has nuclear weapons, and China has nuclear weapons. And, and do you really think it's just going to always go on like this? Is, the, is, is this the way? Is God going to let wickedness and sin keep going on like this? Thank God we're born in America, but America is not the promised land. 
America is the number one exporter, or has been the number one exporter of pornography. America now, the world is looking at us as we are promoting the LBGT movement. America, now we, are, we, are, we, have, we have, I think, 20 million people that are incarcerated. And, uh, and folks, it, it, it can't keep going like this. And, and I, I don't want to waste a lot, of, a lot of your time and my time, but we, we need to wake up. If the church is not awake, then how is the world going to wake up? We need more preachers. I'm not calling anybody to preach. I was a missionary in Guadalajara. I've been going down there, been there like 25 or 30 times. I don't feel the will of God to be a full-time missionary. God has called me to be an evangelist. I go down there, I spend time, I get sick, and, and, and God blesses, and we have people get the Holy Ghost. But I've wondered, I've wondered, I've wondered. For a nation only three hours away by plane, a city of five million people, I wonder, why is there not a missionary in Guadalajara? And I, I know we say, what does that have to do? With I'm, I'm talking about, we're asleep. We're asleep. Young men, they see the guys up there, and I, I got to be careful here. And, and they see, and uh, there's something about this whole conference mentality that, that the height of being a Christian is, is going to a conference and showing off your clothes and what God has done and all. Some of that's okay. But those preachers that have reached that pinnacle to be able to preach at a conference and the young men would rather take a church. They'd rather even take a split in a city that doesn't even need another church. Little towns that just within 10 miles, there are 15 and 20 churches. And they'd rather just go take a church so they could be a pastor than go to places like, like Los Angeles, than go to places like western Kansas or western Nebraska, where there are cities by, I don't know, 10, 12, 20 cities with no churches at all. They'd rather do that kind of thing. Why? Because we're asleep. Because gen I, I know you don't want to hear this, but this is, this is what's going on, folks. We're asleep at the wheel. And those of you that are older, I know that you can't go and be a missionary. And most of you young men, you will not be called to be a missionary. But some of you, we need to have more of a desire to do something for God in these last days. Let's pray right now. Let's pray. I, I, I want to close this service. I want to close this service, but I want to be in the Holy Ghost. Let's really pray right now. Lord, wake us up. Wake us up. Wake us up. Wake us up. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Now let me clarify something here. I feel like I just got to do this, and I hope I'm not in the flesh, but, but most of us, God's not calling you to go to a foreign field. I understand that. But God has called us to this city, to this area, to be witnesses. God has called us to reach for souls. And I'm going to tell you, I'm in this. I, I am a part. We are, we are in this atmosphere but it's time, the Bible said at midnight, that, that the messenger went out and said, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. And in that day, they were sleeping. And you know the rest of the story. Only those that had oil, those that, were, that had the type of the Holy Ghost, were able to go and, and, to, and to be saved and to come in. And there was a door that was shut. I want to be saved. The book of Mark said that you don't know when the Lord is coming at midnight or evening at the cock crowing in the morning. He said, what I say unto you, I say unto all watch. He said, let's come and suddenly he find you sleeping. We need to be found praying. We need to be found being submitted, humble. We need to be found trying to be a witness, whether it's calling people or, or preaching the gospel. But we need to make sure that we are, that we are awake. Let's all stand together today. Well, I'm going to keep working on this. I believe the Holy Ghost is going to keep working on it. But tonight, I'm going to give you a chance to pray here in just a moment. I'm not going to ask anyone for any kind of public confession. We don't do that. But I am going to ask anyone that needs to say, Lord, I think I'm asleep spiritually. I think I need to be awake. I'm going to ask you to get serious. I'm going to ask you to get serious. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching really hard at all to the old to the folks that I say old timers, those that have been in church a long time. You know what you need to do. You know what you need to do. If you need to up your prayer life, whatever you need to do. Just don't be against the pastor. And don't you go sticking up for backsliders. We need you to we need you to stand fast for the pastor and for the and for and for and for the church. But we know, we know. But it's those of you that, 
that you've got, you've got time and, and, uh, and you know you could be doing more. And you know where you're at and you, you know that you need to awake. I'm going to ask you to come and pray. We're going to still work on this. Lord willing, the Lord tarries. And we have revival next week. We're going to work some more. We, we need to work on this. We need to work on this. We need to work on the fear of God. We need to work. It's hard to, it's hard to preach. But you know what? We need to get to the place where we are afraid of going to hell. There's a balance between being afraid of going to hell and not being afraid because you know you're right. But if you're not really, if you're just kind of blah, 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 then you need to be afraid. You need to shake that off. David said, wake me up, lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Jesus. The Viet Cong would sneak up and they would try to come around them. And they would put the knife wherever they could into, into the man who was sleeping. Don't let the devil sneak upon you today. Let's pray. Let's come and pray. Let's seek the Lord tonight. Those that would come and pray. Come on, let's, let's wake up spiritually. This is just a part of living in this country. It is. It's a part of being blessed. It is. It's a part of being human. It is. God wants us to be happy. He does. But we can't afford to be asleep. If there's any sin in your life, come on, you got to get that out. Come on, you know if you're trying. If you're not praying, young people, we don't have an excuse. There's no excuse. For not trying to pray and read our Bibles and, and be Christians. Come on, let's shake ourselves. But I'm just a teenager. That's not an excuse. That should be a reason why you should be, you got more strength and to give more to God. Hallelujah. All you young men, I don't want you looking. I want you praying. I want you to get a, find a place to get on your knees. Brother Judah, brother, I want you to find a place. To, oh, you need to get on your knees. All the young people, I want you to get on your knees and pray. Don't, be, don't stand there and look. This is not the time to stand around and look. You older men, you don't have to get on your knees. You can pray however you need to. You, you men that are older, that's fine. I don't want any young people standing around, looking around. Come on, let's seek the Lord. It's time to get a hold of ourselves. Some of you, you're not praying like you should. Come on, come on, shake, shake yourself. Don't be mumbling around. It's time to talk to God. Come on, we gotta, we gotta wake up. America's falling apart all around us and, and, and some of you are acting like everything is okay. It's just gonna keep on being okay. Come on, it's time to wake up. We're in the last days. The Antichrist could be alive right now. We're close to the rapture. We're close to the great tribulation. We're in the end times. God is calling, wake up. The Lord is coming. It's time to wake up. The Lord is coming. It's time to wake up. Oh, yes. Come on, young men. It's time to wake up. We need ministers. We need teachers. We need workers. What about all these cities? What about all these millions, hundreds of thousands of people? This is not some big old party. This is not some big old playground. Come on. We have a job to do. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, use me. I want to be awake. I want to know this gospel. I want to understand and love this gospel. I want to know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Outside of these walls are drug addicts, people with mental illness. Some of them are in the psychiatric hospitals. They are battling demons right here in this city. 
There are people that need God so desperately. Oh, all they need is someone to teach them a Bible study, someone to bring them to church. Oh, yes. There are mothers and fathers, young people struggling with depression, anxiety, drug addiction, alcoholism, families falling apart, people contemplating suicide. Oh, yes, there's abuse in the homes right here in Hutchinson in this area. Come on, let's wake up. Oh, Jesus, wake me up. Wake me up. Let me feel the love that you feel. Jesus, let me see the lost and the dying. Oh, God, let me understand there's a burning hell. People are screaming in torment in hell. The church is the refuge for them. Oh, yes. Everyone, those of you that have the victory, let's pray for a move of God. Oh, let's pray. Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 